0: Everyone, welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery. It's the podcast where we're watching the movies that you recommend to us. I, as always, am your host, John. And with me, also, as always, my co-host, Jeff.
1: Yes, I am also here.
0: Good. And this time around, we (laughs) rolled up the Kung Fu Classic Circle of Iron... Kung
1: Fu, exactly.
0: I mean, it's fucking, it's martial arts. It's it's (laughs) definitely something.
1: Yeah, man, this was. You know, i I was warning you. uh, I was having a bad couple of days there, and I was ultra tired. And I was like, "Don't make me watch a Kung Fu movie. I'm gonna fall asleep." Uh, Seventies Kung Fu movies never keep me keep me going. Oh yeah. And luckily, this isn't that. This is something else entirely.
0: Yeah. So this, I mean. The movie even starts out with going like, hey, so uh, Bruce Lee, before he died, thought, hey, I should write a movie that combines my love of Zen and martial arts, and then I can introduce people to it. But then he died, and we made this instead.
1: Yeah, apparently he was friends with some of the people who are still in or had made this movie and had been uh, planning to make it for quite a number of years. Uh, but then he died and five years later they were like well we still have this idea what if we cast all white guys
0: yeah <laughs> it's uh it's definitely something when you go into this and you're like so all of the main characters the important people are just white guys and then there are a bunch of martial artists. who are like, oh, you can be whatever. That's fine. But our main people need to be white guys.
1: Yeah, definitely. And very, very mid-70s white guys where they're all like way too assured of themselves. And I, I mean, the, I think the problem with this movie is it tries to explain Zen philosophy through you to you through like the kind of guy that would star in Planet of the Apes. Ah. Where instead of like understanding anything, he's just like, I don't need to understand nothing. I've got muscles and I'm a man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's especially bad when you're going through this movie and the whole point is supposed to be like, ah, yes, this character goes through and learns all of these lessons about, you know, Zen Buddhism. But honestly, the whole time he's just like, ha ha, fuck you.
1: Yeah, no, (laughs) he learns nothing the entire time.
0: It's fabulous and I love it.
1: (laughs) Also the actor who played him is like not even on Wikipedia. I have I this I I don't know where they found him and I don't know where he went.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jeff Cooper who god, he just looks like he should be a stand-in for like any given 70s or 80s corporate bad guy, but yeah, yeah. <sighs> He's in a
1: billion things. Uh he he was he was a working Canadian actor. He died in 2018. Uh, but, but yeah, he, he worked for quite, he was in uh, he was in Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. like the old TV show mm-hmm. and so on. But yeah, just, just, uh, I, I honestly thought he was like a lesser star from Planet of the Apes.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, he is, uh, I mean, his role in this is basically just guy with muscles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Aggressively unlikable.
0: <laughs> uh, so, I mean... No spoilers or anything for this, but God, this movie is... I don't exactly know who it's for, because like you said, it's not like this is... If you're someone who's like, oh, I love, like, 70s kung fu movies. I love the old kung fu stuff. You're like, oh, it's not not really that. Like, you'll get some fights, I guess. But man, it's mostly just like a lucid dream that you're like, okay, sure, I guess.
1: Yeah, effectively, I mean... We've seen a movie exactly like this before, and it was Zardoz. The closest thing you can say to this movie is that it's basically another Zardoz type of thing, where you've got your main character. It's obviously a passion project. Um, the the main character is like a self assured, shirtless muscle man who who goes where he pleases and fucks where he goes, and yet somehow is supposed to be like an enlightened person.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's watching this movie. I, I was like, I. I'm not like I'm not not entertained. It's it's interesting, but in the same way that like watching a bug is sort of interesting. In that you're like, yeah, this is this is neat to sort of watch, but I don't want to just keep watching this.
1: The one thing I would say having watched it is that I am fairly certain I can tell you at least one other person who has definitely seen this movie and probably liked it more than both of us, and that was Quentin Tarantino. Ah because of the amount of david carradine playing a big flute in this i was like oh i that's where that's where they decided okay that's got it
0: uh yeah so you know what we're gonna go ahead play a little music we are gonna come back and do the full in-depth super spoiler review for circle of iron Circles and circles walk around All right. we are back and ready to start talking about the circle of iron, which doesn't, doesn't' get mentioned, there's no circle of iron in this. I don't know what that's referencing, but you know. Maybe it's a Buddhist thing, I don't know.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure where that came from either, but it's not the only name the movie has. It was also known as the silent flute, Uh, which that one at least makes sense, because towards the end of the movie, we we learn, there was no way we would have known this prior, that there's a flute in the movie, but only one guy can hear that flute, which is the main guy. And apparently no one else can hear that flute.
0: That was the weirdest reveal at that point where I'm like, okay, it is the end of the movie. And David Carradine has been playing a giant bamboo staff that is also a flute for this entire time. And like Cord, our main character just goes, ah, yes, that guy has a flute and only I can hear it. I'm like, what? What the fuck?
1: (laughs) And I don't even know if it's true or if it's just a statement he's another like zen philosophy thing he's trying to say the movie opens with a big full screen almost like apology for what you're about to see (laughs) where it's just like hey look this is the deal uh bruce lee really wanted to make this movie uh it may not make any sense to you but that's because you don't know anything about zen philosophy you
0: plebeian i love that they basically just use this for like ah bruce lee wanted to make this movie and it's you know, his passion and his project. And so he's dead and you can't say that it's bad because Bruce Lee's good. So you're not allowed to say anything bad about this.
1: Please associate this movie with Bruce Lee. Uh. Please, for the love of God, huh. give us like Bruce Lee money. Thank you. Uh. Anyway, yeah, be- <laughs> go-, go ahead.
0: The fact that this movie, I feel like you can very much get a sense of what this movie is from the opening scene where it is a martial arts tournament and everyone's just sort of a glistening martial arts badass except for our main character who is within the context of the universe of martial arts badass but mm. uh
1: as an actor not yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's an ongoing recurring theme throughout this movie there's a lot of scenes where our character comes to places where he has to participate in trials. And the way that they establish it's a trial is he'll get there and there'll be some other guy, big muscly beef man there, who's like, I am here to fight. And then, you know, they, he fights and we get to watch a martial arts fight. And then it's our hero's turn to fight and he can't do martial arts. So instead, we move into short editing where it's just a bunch of arm shots and quick moving legs and him going, yar! Oh, and, yeah. And, I mean
0: da We get like, ah, Morthon, fight Pelele, and, you know, two martial artists come out, and we get, you know, long shots of them doing actual moves and fighting, and it's very interesting, but then as soon as they're like, Cord, he comes in, and they're like, ah, I will punch, and then it just sort of zooms in and shows a fist hitting a guy, and you're like, okay, well, that's (laughs) good. I get
1: get it, and I I, I appreciate that you've decided to do the movie in such a fashion that there are some... Kung Fu fights, just not featuring this beefcake mullet man who I do not want to watch anyway.
0: And I cannot understand. I mean, David Carradine is in this throughout mm-hmm. the entire thing is like four different characters. Yep. And you have all of these martial arts people in there in the background or just, you know, for one scene. And I just kept going, how could you not have gotten anyone else that knows what the fuck they're doing. Like, why would you pick Jeff Cooper, non-martial artist, to be like, this is the dude we want in our Bruce Lee inspired movie?
1: Well, my understanding is that he the role that Jeff Cooper plays in the movie was not actually intended to be the role that Bruce Lee would play. Uh, that they were going to have someone play, that Bruce Lee wanted the David Carradine role.
0: Yeah, I assume that quite- would be the case.
1: Yeah, he wanted to be the enigmatic Zen monk who wanders the world teaching uh, sideways lessons and uh, th- and also plays like three other characters and that this main character could be just about anybody because there's supposed to be someone who's there to learn. But I got to assume that if Bruce Lee made this, the main character wouldn't be this just smug about everything. Like the yeah. idea is that th- this guy's supposed to be out learning the ways of Zen mastery and he obviously does not want to and refuses to.
0: It's... <laughs> it's really interesting to me as well because like at least in the starting bit of it I can understand being like okay we want the character cord to be kind of a jackass and you know too self-assured and too much into his own prowess and whatnot and you know then he has to find the zen master who's like ah you know nothing and now you must clear your mind and relearn all that you know but he never changes and it's very weird
1: there's a point where he basically gets kicked out of zen master school because the guy's like look maybe maybe community zen college isn't right for you have you considered a trade school you're just (laughs) you're just not a good fit for this program i'm sorry (laughs) Uh, so but we also have an in, in the intro it says that this doesn't take place on earth but rather in a land that never was and yet always has been.
0: Yeah, which means vaguely someplace.
1: Yeah, it just means, like, don't worry about it. It's not It's not a historical setting. That's why there's everybody... It, we keep doing all this Asian philosophy stuff and Asian buildings and clothing and so on, but it's all white, guys. That's why you don't have to worry about it, is because it's on a faraway planet. Yeah, this a, is... A, another time. This
0: is a setting where basically... Conan the Barbarian decides to run off and be a martial artist and study Zen because, like, the beginning martial arts tournament here, which is judged by Roddy McDowell.
1: Yeah, that's one of our big names in this movie.
0: Hell yeah, I fucking love Roddy McDowell.
1: (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Roddy McDowell too, but he's also the star of Shock Ma. Oh, he did a lot of projects for a dollar.
0: Whatever. Rowdy Roddy McDowell can do no wrong. (laughs) That's fair. And. In this one, you know, they have the tournament and it gets, of course, cord to the end. And oh, he breaks the rules because he hit the opponent after he was already down, so he gets disqualified, even though he's a bigger badass.
1: Yeah, and of course he he objects. Roddy McDowell, by the way, one thing I'll I'll give him credit for, he's a guy who never said no to a project, but you can tell that in his heart of hearts, he knows if the product's any good or not. Because in Shockma, he does the entire thing seated with a with a. Fucking walkie talkie. And in this movie, he could not
0: look more bored. And, you know, in one part of me, I'm like, yeah, maybe that's just, you know, a choice for the character. That's a character choice where you're like, ah, yes, he'll say everything in as bored a tone as possible. But then as well, you can also be like, probably he was just like, yes, okay, I will sit in this dumbass chair in a white robe and be like, Pele wins. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't give a shit. But Korn immediately picks a fight about losing, where he's like, where they're like, "Hey, you've been, uh, you've definitely been disqualified for attacking a man on the ground," and he's like, "Yes, but Morthand was a dancer. I am a fighter. I deserve to win and see Zeton and his secret book of enlightenment, which, by the way, is the, the MacGuffin of the film."
0: Yeah, we get our sort of our entire driving idea here. We never really get a full background on what this place Cord is coming from is all about, but it seems like there are a bunch of tribes out there that like will occasionally send someone to try and seek out Zetan because they heard that he has a book that has like all the knowledge of the universe. And so everyone wants them to go find him, beat him up and then bring the book back. And yeah. Cord's like, oh, you know, no one you've ever sent has been able to do that, but it's because you keep sending prissy babies like Morton. You should send me a muscle boy. And they're like, no.
1: <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I don't understand why he needs permission to go look for Zetan anyway. Like, we find out that that all kinds of people are sending... Uh, martial artists out on trial runs to try and find this Zitan guy all the time and dozens of people show up on Zetan's home country every year who succeed so really it feels like he's hamstringing himself at all by bothering with this stupid martial arts tournament instead of just walking in the direction that he assumes Zetan is in
0: I mean the one thing I noticed is everyone who is on a mission to do this has like a medallion that sort of denotes them as like an official person trying to find Z-Tan and yeah. you know, spoiler, Morthon dies, and when he does, Cord, who followed after him, is like, "Oh, well, I guess I'll I'll get your fucking medallion now, so I can, I don't know, look legit."
1: <laughs> but he loses it right away, and it's not on him in the rest of the almost the the rest. No, of, like, it he is. Have he it has he it the there. entire movie. <laughs> does he have it when he gets there? I thought he
0: didn't. No, he does the uh, whole time. Okay.
1: So anyway, after losing to Mor or, or losing to Morthon to, on a technicality, but technically beating Morthon's ass by ignoring the rules like a man, uh, he just decides to fucking follow Morthon because Morthon's going to ZTAN, so obviously he could just get to ZTAN that way.
0: I don't, <laughs> I don't know what what the deal with like. Okay, we need you to go get ZTAN and this book is for these people. Like, do they want? to be enlightened as well or i just it's so weird to me that the beginning of this and the whole macguffin of like you need to go seek out this what we assume to be master martial artist and his super book is and you gotta go do that and he's like okay sure that sounds great i don't know why but i need to do this yeah
1: it's true i don't understand what morthon's hoping to get out of it we never i mean Every character but Cord and David Carradine, when he's in the monk outfit, uh, don't have any kind of motivations or, or stated intent or anything. So we have absolutely no idea why Morthon feels driven to fulfill this this task.
0: Yeah, I don't even like Cord keeps saying that he just wants this book and never really says why. He's like, ah, oh, he's got an important book and I want it. That's okay like <laughs> for what He's like, well it's important and it's got knowledge all right man sure
1: are there no other books that have knowledge i, I the world feels very spare it feels as like there's only like a hundred people so so maybe that's why it's like i want to see the only book there is
0: i guess maybe yeah but uh so
1: he <laughs> follows morthon and weirdly he just sort of walks along behind him he, I mean, granted, he insulted Morthon to his face in in the martial arts tournament, but he doesn't say anything to him. He just follows him. And then at a certain point, Morthon, out on some beach somewhere, turns around and is like, I have followed a vow of silence for, or I've made a vow of silence and you are so annoying. And he's like, well, when did you break your vow of silence? Right now, because of how annoying you are. And that's when I realized that one of the things that they made a change to after Bruce Lee died was decided that a lot of the violent scenes in the movie should instead be funny uh, uh that that's an ongoing thing that there's there's comedy in this movie and it's awful <laughs> it would have been so much better if they had just kept it violent
0: i mean at this point though when he's morthon's like fucking fight me just quit following me if you want to fight me let's fight i'll fucking take you down i don't care you think you're better than me and you know, at least to Cord's credit, he's like, I don't want to fight you. I'm just going in the same direction as you because I want to find Zetan. I don't give a yeah. shit about you.
1: I don't wish to kill you. I just want to get to Zetan. And, you know, poor Morthon, who won fair and square, is just like, ah, whatever. Okay, but I'm not going to talk to you. So um, <laughs> they make it to some outcropping near a temple, or in a, an abandoned temple. And this monk dude who Kord has seen once before... And it's David Carradine playing four different roles in the movie. But his main one is the blind monk with a flute staff and a bell on his toe.
0: Yeah. So that when he fights, he can make a little ding-a-ling noise. And when he spins his staff around, it whistles.
1: Mm-hmm. So he can just be all kinds of noisies. He goes walking past them. This is the second time he's just sort of wandered by. And Cord takes very strong notice. It, it, weirdly, it's very clear that Morthon sees him too. But he goes off into the temple, and then they hear the sound of violence. And Corey, yeah. because he is rugged, is like, "I need to know what that is." And Morthon, because he's smart, is like, "Oh fuck, sweet, a chance to get away from this mulleted burl dude who keeps following me around."
0: And you know, the blind monk is absolutely clowning on a whole bunch of bandits. Like, just
1: yeah, there's no shortage of bandits.
0: Not just surrounded by a bunch of dudes who want to beat the shit out of him. And he just beats the shit out of all of them. And uh, Cord the whole time is like, wow, that's rad. I love it. Maybe this guy is Z-Tan. <laughs>
1: yeah. I love his general assumption that almost everyone he meets is probably Z-Tan. Again, a strong creed of, or, or uh, a bit of evidence towards the fact that there's only like 100 people.
0: I just, every time... Cord meets a martial artist that displays any amount of prowess he's like hey you z-tan hey
1: must be z-tan
0: you holding (laughs) z-tan
1: and they're always like i'm not stupid you just think i'm z-tan because you never met a strong guy but uh this time you know he he watches as as uh the monk because he doesn't have a name dispatches just bandit after bandit after bandit after bandit and then Eventually, right as the fight is obviously over, he pulls out and throws a ninja star to kill a bandit when it's very clear that Carradine has just been knocking them out or putting them on the ground. But he yeah. just p- puts a ninja star right into one's head. And he's like, ha ha, you must be Zetan. You will teach me and I will learn from you. And the monk's like, what? No,
0: <laughs> that's not happening. Uh, I mean, I do enjoy that. I mean, at this point, basically... The monk disappears and he finds him the next day and is like, Hey, you Zitan. Uh, I am whatever you say that I am. I'm I'm doing some some Jesus proverb shit here. He's I think like, my
1: favorite part of that is the He goes, yeah, whatever you say I am, or think I am, or imply I am, I yeah. am. And then Cord goes, You shall be my teacher. No. <laughs> I was like, but you said he would. You said you would. You said You said you'd be whatever I said you are.
0: Yeah, but not that. I will follow you and then learn from you. Ah, but if you get two birds and tie them together, they have four wings but cannot fly. Uh, All right, man. Okay. Yeah, but
1: what if you started with two birds that already couldn't fly? Like, if you tie two penguins together, then they have four wings and can't fly. But who cares? They couldn't fly in the first place. What do you think of that?
0: Well, they can't swim now either.
1: Well, they couldn't before. These two penguins in particular couldn't swim. (laughs) I forgot to mention that in the proverb. It's an important part of the proverb Two swimless penguins, swimless
0: penguins,
1: <laughs> new swimless penguins by, I don't know. Speedo. Oh, okay. Uh, but they, anyway, yeah, I mean, they ahead.
0: travel on and cord of course, follows after the monk and the monk is just sort of making fun of him and being like, Oh my God, you are just the most annoying, shitty human. And he's like, ha ha. I know. Well, yeah. The one thing the monk wants, one
1: thing he wants out of life is for people around him to be the fuck quiet. And Cord's like, I shall talk just nonstop. Constantly I am yammering away.
0: Well, yeah, because they have to do a comedy thing where he's like, ah, you must be silent. He's like, oh, of course I will rip out my own tongue. You'll never hear me talk not one more time, why I can be as quiet as anyone. And you're like, okay, I get it. I get the joke.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of he, the two jokes. He's going to keep you. talking. Yeah. Foghorn Leghorn did this bit in the 40s. What What's your excuse?
0: <laughs> uh, and then they run across. I don't know if in the movie, this is supposed to be an actual monkey or what it clearly is, which is just a person in the worst monkey mask.
1: Another little thing that reminds me you of Planet of the Apes to no end.
0: And the monkey just, like, hoots and hollers and dances around Carradine, who just keeps spinning to look at it and not doing anything. And eventually, the monkey just sort of gets bored and leaves. And that's when we get our big, like, first lesson for Cord, which is that you probably shouldn't turn your back on people. And you're like, ah, good. What an amazing kung fu lesson. Don't let a dude get behind you. Amazing.
1: Yeah, well, the lesson is spoken in the form of the monkey plays the fool so as to lure you in. If you deny him his opportunity to play you as fools, you will reveal him for what he is truly, a coward dressed as a monkey.
0: Yes, when uh, he will uh, get behind you and bite your ankles while you laugh at his antics. And you're like, all right, but like, okay, I wouldn't, because if a monkey's like, coming at me i'm not gonna be like oh t what a monkey i'm gonna go oh shit that thing's gonna murder me
1: i laugh at your monkeyish ways monkey oh
0: my ankles
1: anyway at this point the two of them sort of split off in their separate ways once again uh and cord heads into monkey temple for the first monkey fight or the the, the trial of the monkey
0: well yeah because he has to find morthon who just lost to the monkey guy mm-hmm. and he's dying so then he gets to take the amulet and be like, cool, now I guess I'll try and fight the first trial, which is this monkey guy who is just David Carradine in a weird monkey mask.
1: Yeah, and, and I got he doesn't just take it away from the dying Morthond, he assists Morthond in dramatic suicide.
0: Well, yeah, he has to die with honor, so he needs to help him commit seppuku.
1: Yeah, he actually does the seppuku, like, knife in sideways down cut thing, so that's that's fun. Uh but yeah, then we go into a big room where monkey fight is is going to happen. And, and I think isn't there isn't there already a different guy in there also fighting monkeys?
0: Yeah, I was going to say and we get like every single time this guy is about to fight someone, we get an actual martial artist who is already there and is going to fight so we can see what it would look like if two competent people were fighting because mm-hmm. then once Cord gets in there it will not be that. And they're just like, just fill in with your imagination what they should be.
1: Yeah, pretend this fight looked cool, because it won't.
0: We're going to do a bunch of cuts, and like, you'll see someone's leg go flying by, but you're not going to be able to tell what's happening.
1: Anyway, this is our first chance to get a really strong look at Kord's philosophy, uh, because after the Monkey King defeats the other guy, some dude who was in there with like a three-section staff, Kord uh, is like, I wish to fight you, monkey. And and the monkey, you know, just Carradine, just launches into a series of, like, questions and
0: insults. Oh, yeah. I mean, he shows up and he's like, hey, where's your begging bowl, you beggar? Huh? Fuck you, buddy. And...
1: <laughs> hey, fuck you, monkey.
0: <laughs> like, the fact that Cord is essentially, at this point, we find out just doing whatever the fuck. Because Monkey Man's like, hey, so uh what school are you from? Like, what My type of school. martial arts... No, my
1: like, martial arts.
0: Who taught you? Myself. Uh, what the shit? <laughs> <laughs> my shit.
1: Yeah. W- w- basically, the primary thing you have to take away from Cord is that he is so aggressively self-aggrandizing and pompous that he can't even acknowledge what kind of fighting style he has. He's like, "I do
0: Cord Foo." Yeah. He and that will not change. He's just like, "Oh no, I am my own person, and I need no one, and I come from no one." which is great because then the monkey man's like, oh, good, you don't even have a mom. That's amazing.
1: Well, what are you doing here, motherless man? And obviously he shoots down all the insults because if if you don't take the monkey's bait, then the monkey will reveal himself a coward in the costume of a monkey.
0: Yeah. And I will say this. I do like that Cord, at least, every time he comes up against one of these trials, he at least is... Like, I don't want to fight you. If you just tell me where Z-Tan is or the next trial is or whatever, I will just leave you alone. Monkey Man, I don't have to fight you. I can walk around you. We don't need to do this. And, you know, Monkey Man's like, no, the hell we don't.
1: Yeah, he's like, well, you have to walk around me. And I'm going to tell you right now, you don't get to.
0: You got to go through me, buddy.
1: Now, unfortunately, the whole thing where we have to learn a lesson to, like, not let the monkey get behind you or whatever uh, ends up not being part of the movie, really, because the fight that they obviously eventually have is a very straightforward, poorly edited martial arts fight. The monkey doesn't really do any monkey
0: stuff. No, and there wasn't anything where it was like, oh, he manages to get the monkey guy, like, off balance because he's not rising to his bait, or, you know, he manages to, like... I don't know, one of the insults and he like turns it back on. There was no real interaction here where you're like, ah, he learned a lesson about the monkey from the monk. It was just, all right, the blind man, I guess, told him about monkeys and then it didn't matter and he fought a guy dressed as a monkey.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I imagine if that he if he had been a real martial artist kind of guy, then they probably could have worked it into the storyline with the fight because you could have the, the monkey man circling him or doing feints or something like that that are very specific, but we can't do that because our our hero can't throw a kick, and so instead the the it's just a badly edited fight where like most of the fights he gets involved in, it's just two guys circling around each other warily doing hand kata,
0: yeah, until it There's is two, time to you know yeah. get a close up of a fist or a leg going into someone's face or whatever, where you don't have to see them doing the actual move to get there.
1: Yeah, and then eventually he manages to beat the monkey, kind of. It's not like he kills him or anything. It's just like at a certain point, the fight's done.
0: Well, yeah, he beats and, him up, and he needs yeah. to leave him alive because the monkey needs to tell him where the next trial is.
1: Yeah, and the monkey is like, okay, fine, what do you want? He's like, tell me where Zetan is. Fine, here's a cryptic thing. Go wandering into the wilderness and find a rose. There you go. That's your next step, whatever. Yeah. Great. How how many Follow people have come? the
0: western wind.
1: <laughs> yeah. How many people have come before me? i i that's not my job my job is to tell you where the z tan is and i was like that's great get on you monkey don't (laughs) give an inch Uh, this guy's a fuck
0: i mean he still does he's like well you're the first one to get past me but you know everyone has their own trials to get through
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so he eventually gives up a little which is kind of a bummer but then our our hero basically it's like i own you monkey it's just like this Again, I'm not sure what the lesson was supposed to be where he's like, ha ha, begging bull? I put you in my begging bowl, you filthy ape. And then he just walks out laughing. He walks out laughing of a lot of scenes.
0: Yeah, every time I'm like, God, I want this guy to get the shit kicked out of him so he can learn a lesson about it, but he never does. And every time he's like, well, I thought I was amazing. And then I was, ha ha ha.
1: Yeah, and this is also one of our earlier introductions to what the movie more or less charitably calls martial arts movie music. I don't know if this is just because it was made in 78 when wizards were a big deal or what, but all of the movie music in this is like the kind of shit that you thought they would actually be playing in a safety dance
0: video. Ah.
1: You know, it's all just like the like Mummer's Parade music. It's It's just wizard shit. It's
0: just wizard shit. It just sounds
1: like Monty Python B roll. I don't know how it's such a disconnect from the things we're seeing, which is you know a whole bunch of people trying to teach each other Eastern lessons while while wandering around in in cool rocks. And then every time the music comes up, it's just like doo 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 ha ha the wizard. And you're like, what the
0: what the fuck is this? So anyway, please please take it. Yeah, so take a good run fucks off to the wilderness which turns out to just sort of be a desert somewhere mm-hmm. and comes across a dude who is in a giant barrel of oil no, That is right
1: eli wallach
0: yeah eli wallach is you know in a tub of oil and cord's like hey you want me to help you out someone torturing you by putting you into this barrel of oil and he's like no i put myself in here i am trying to wither away the bottom half of me until it is gone
1: and once again i could see this as a powerful lesson in zen philosophy if it wasn't in a a, like borscht belt comedian doing the whole thing as jokes about how his wife is going to be happier now
0: it's it's interesting as well because you're like all right you're doing you're doing jokes about like, hey, look at my dick. Eh, is it still there? Nope. Great. I love it. Ah,
1: your dick is but a pimple now.
0: Ah, good. Hopefully it'll be gone soon. You're like, okay, this this is weird. But, you know, he's like, oh, at one point I was, you know, I meditated and I went without food or water. I barely had scant anything and I became one with the universe. And then my dick was like, hey, buddy, what about me? And and so I'm trying to get rid of it so I can actually be, you know, pure of mind, dedicate myself to whatever I'm doing.
1: Yeah. And then they're like, and also my legs are in cahoots with my dick, so they got to (laughs) go.
0: So, you know, fuck them. (laughs) They walk this thing around and I'm like, all right, whatever. That's fine. Sure.
1: Of course, he doesn't call it a dick. It's this horrible thing between my legs is the is the and I think my favorite thing about this scene and this scene's real weird. Again, it's it, it would make sense as sort of a strong zen lesson if it was if it was played straight, but it's not. It's played as like this dude doing like like Appalachian humor. He's like, ah, ha, ha, "My wife, she's going to miss my dick until she remembers how much her, my dick sucked." Nah, 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 nah. And he's just <laughs> like this is stupid. Why? But the thing is, Cord won't let this guy get have an inch where he's just like like uh Ah, I tried swearing a vow of chastity. I have also sworn a vow of chastity, and I am holding to it well.
0: <laughs> well, like, oh. the guy in the oil's like, ah, you can swear 10, 100 vows. It doesn't matter. Always this horrible thing between my legs is like, yeah, let's have boner times.
1: I did swear 101 vows of chastity. What do you think of that, oil guy? I, <laughs> I think you're the worst, Cord.
0: It was one of those things where... Because the last uh, thing from the monkey guy was like, oh, go through the desert until you find a rose. And then he meets a guy who's talking about how, you know, ah, oh, your penis will lead you astray. I was like, okay, so the next challenge obviously has to be a, you know, a sexy lady and you've got to not fuck her. Yeah, and, perhaps some
1: sort of desert rose. Uh, Hade Mata Toilia, however that line
0: And indeed it is, like, you know, he goes to the next place and, of course, the next trial is a hot lady that wants to fuck him. And he is just like, yes, obviously let's oh my do God. this.
1: It's hilarious. Cause we don't hear about this guy's vow of chastity or why he has one or anything. Again, Cord taught himself martial arts. He's fighting in his own style. He, he is a uh, beholden to no tribe. He is his own man. But at some point he was like, I shall fuck no more. And you're like, why? What, what did, what did you do that for? And it doesn't in- matter.
0: In the narrative of the movie, it was only a year ago. So he just decided a year ago, he's like, you know what? Vow chastity. That sounds like a thing I'd do.
1: And this guy looks like he's like 40. So that's kind of a weird choice to be like, and I'm done with this. But <laughs> until the first available opportunity.
0: <laughs> but yeah, the camp that he comes to is, you know, a 70s style orgy camp that is run by David Carradine as Chang Shah. And Mm -hmm,
1: playing a, uh, moving on from monkey stereotype to a, to, uh, Arabian stereotype.
0: Yeah. He is the great tempter, Sultan or whatever of this place. And, you know, again, there's some other guy who's there, just a big, muscly black guy. And Mm -hmm. the two of them have a fight and they're like, ah, yeah, let's watch these two guys fight. They know what they're doing. (laughs) And cords like cool when do we fight and he's like oh we'll fight in the morning but first why don't you get some sleep and fuck my ninth wife right who
1: we've already been introduced to she's just wearing a uh the kind of fake uh like hijab that that never existed outside of people's wild orientalist fantasies in like 18th century england
0: oh yeah no it's very much the like ooh i'm doing some dance of the veils type shit right now. And you're like, okay, yeah. cool. cool, cool.
1: Yeah. And also everybody in this camp is like a ludicrous drunk or just a bikini lady. And they're all constantly dancing. And there's always a band playing for all the fights. It's very seventies style. Goofy.
0: Oh yeah. Well, there's but always people hump dancing. Yeah. Cause the whole thing basically- is supposed to be like hedonism camp.
1: Yeah, so this dude, uh, Cord goes into his tent and goes to bed, and it's like within a second, the woman comes in, and she's like, very verily, sir, I shall thr- thrice lay thee. And he's like, well, maybe if I saw your tits. Indeed. Okay, I guess we're doing this. Vow of chastity out the window.
0: And it's especially bad because Cord, like right off the bat, goes, oh, wait a minute. It's not the fight. You're my second test. And so he knows before they've even started doing anything. He's like, oh, you're the second test. And then he's like, but you did show me your boobies. So I guess, fuck it. I'll just fail this test and my vow. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Or perhaps he's just like arrogant and, and, you know, 70s man enough to be like, obviously that means the
0: test is to fuck good.
1: If I fuck good enough and hard enough, I'll find my way to Z-Tan.
0: But Cord breaks his vow, and indeed they do lay with each other. And then he's like, ah, you should come with me and, you know, be my wife because, you know, you're the first person I've had sex with in so long. And I just, I just want it so bad. It's been like a year. Well, it's been a year (laughs) since his vow. We don't know how long it's been.
1: Yeah, it could have been like six months and then he got all incel about it. Ah. He's like, man, it's hard to find a date in this town. You know what? Women, dead
0: to me. And indeed, (laughs) the next morning, she is dead to him. Yeah, because
1: she was crucified by Changsha for, uh, I, I, is this the way of saying he failed the test or the, the, the way of saying you, you, you fucked my wife?
0: You fucked my wife?
1: Yes, I fucked your wife and you told me to fuck your w-
0: It's it's very weird cuz he wakes up and of course, oh, the whole camp is gone like it was never there and the only thing left is like not your standard crucifixion but like the X crucifixion and Oh, it's the
1: kind where you don't actually have to hurt anybody cuz she has like a pole to sit on.
0: Yeah. Well, she's <laughs> she's strapped to an X rather than a T.
1: Yes, that is true. But there's also a pole sticking out from the center of the X for her to kind of like straddle so she's, they don't have to actually tie her up or put her weight on anything dangerous. It's a very, very, honestly, it it took until he was walking away and explaining it to someone else where I was like, oh, she's supposed to be dead. Okay. I thought she was like alive, but as a message. I got it.
0: I did have that same thing because there's not a mark on her and she's just sort of, you know, forgive the pun, hanging out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is like a, hey, fuck you, you failed message or something. I don't know, but I guess she's dead.
1: What what do you think would have happened if he hadn't, like, because basically she comes in and she's like, let me read your palm. And he's like, all right, you can read my palm. And she starts just, like, licking his hand a bunch. And he's like, what the hell is this? You must be the test. And she's like, indeed. And here's my tits and vagina. And he's like, let's go take a bath together then. So (laughs) it was very... I mean, ultimately what happens after all this is he starts yelling Chang Sha, a bunch in the desert, goes off for a run, runs into the monk, and the monk's like, tell me what's been up. And he's like, I had a vow of chastity, and then I broke it because I realized that, I don't know, love is not a thing. I have to, look, don't make me defend this. I saw tits.
0: <laughs> yeah, he tries to be like, oh, philosophy, uh... I have realized that love is not a thing to be denied, but if you try and hold love too tightly, uh, then you can risk killing the thing you love. <laughs> yeah, David it, it, Carradine's it, it, just like, yeah, sure, buddy. <laughs>
1: uh huh. Yeah, I'm glad you learned a valuable lesson. Uh huh.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's very sad that you had to learn a lesson, you know, and she died.
1: Yeah, but you learned something, right? I learned not to have a vow of chastity. That's I learned a- it's
0: okay to bone down whatever you want. Okay, well, <laughs> lesson learned, I guess. This is insulting
1: that this woman who is his test is murdered for sleeping with him, and then he goes off and befriends her murderer, and the murderer is like, but aren't you mad at me? I killed that woman you slept with. And he's like, no, I killed her by sleeping with her. You're, you're a good friend, Shaw. Let's bro-hug. And I'm like, oh, a woman died, you fucks.
0: I mean, it's weird because, you know, the next time they see each other, he's like, I am not here to fight you in anger. No, I I had just as much to do with her death as you did. I'm like, not really, because he was like, here, you should sleep with this lady. And then I did, and then you killed her. So, I mean, it's not like I knew if I did sleep with her, you would murder her.
1: It doesn't matter if you guys equally blame yourselves. A lady died. You still did a murder. A murder did d- did be done.
0: Well, it doesn't matter. They're both white men. <laughs>
1: It's just funny how it rationalizes with the two of them fighting each other and yet another crappy edited fight. And then it just at a certain point, Carradine just kinda of smiles and is like, Ah, you win the fight. We're friends. And that naked murdered lady, water under the bridge.
0: <laughs> Don't even worry about it.
1: I got dozens of murdered ladies. Uh let's be pals.
0: We also get uh I mean one of the weirdest. Well we skipped over the whole
1: fucking Yeah, Yeah. I was
0: going to say one of the weirdest things to me is, you know, after he sees the monk again and is like, oh, this this lady died and I learned a valuable lesson and I don't care. And they're like, "Okay, well, I'm about to go somewhere else and you can only come with me if you promise to not ask questions. And because you're going to see some shit that doesn't make sense and you're going to jump to conclusions because you have no patience. So if you can follow me and not ask questions, then I'll teach you stuff. And he's like, cool, great. I love it. And then immediately starts asking questions.
1: Yeah, just instantly. Like literally the next scene. And I, I don't know if that's editing to suggest that this character, is, that, that the movie is a joke and that we're not supposed to like the main character because he's a dimwit. I don't know.
0: But it is one of those things where it's like, ah, yeah, we we go find a guy that they need to take a boat to somewhere and they take the boat and I across. Say, and-
1: Real quick here. Uh, right along with Eli Wallach being the man in oil routine, and then this boat uh, keeper and his wife. This movie is—I don't want to say—kind of leaning hard on the Jews.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: well, a <laughs> little on the anti-Semitic side, one might say, because might. we, because the, the, they get to this place and they're like, "Hey, how much to cross the the, the river? We don't have money, but I've got a you know a, a, a nakobe or whatever they're called, those little figurines." And the man, the the boatkeeper, like the ferryman, is like, ah, that'll work. Ah, that'll work. That'll be just fine, my friend. And then his wife's like, how dare you give away anything without some money? And then the two of them get in this very anti-Semitic fight. <laughs> uh... so, and, and it's a comedy sequence because basically they get into a very anti-Semitic fight and then Carradine and Cooper just steal the boat.
0: Yeah, they just fuck off with the boat. There's, I mean, there's a cut and then they're like rowing away so there's no like we don't know if maybe they gave him something and they're still well, they're fighting, still fighting in the
1: background yeah
0: but they get to wherever they're rowing to and then caradine breaks the boat like just kicks the sides of the boat apart and then you know immediately cord's like well why the fuck did you do that
1: yeah and caradine's like just keeps walking he's like i you you agreed, dude you weren't ca- doesn't say anything but obviously this is a, vi- an immediate violation of the, you can come with me, but don't ask any fucking questions Prince uh, rule.
0: Oh yeah. It's, it's so weird. Cause cord every time it feels like should have learned something, you know, by now he should have been like, oh, okay. If I, you know, follow this guy, he said, I'm going to see some shit and it's not going to make sense. I know if I start questioning him, he'll be like, ah, it's because of a perfectly good reason. You dummy. You absolute idiot. But instead, yeah. he's like, what are you doing? What the hell is wrong with you, old man? You've just but- ruined that guy's livelihood.
1: Yeah. And they have a little conversation in the boat where where the, the uh, where Cord's like, I feel sorry for that man, eternally henpecked by woman. And, you know, the monk's like, oh, no, that guy's in great shape because he's, he's uh, not Happy- fearing death yeah. anymore.
0: Happy is the man who does not fear death. And in fact he must be very happy for he lies awake at night awaiting it. And you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah, uh, That's
1: again, you guys are being really mean to this lady who just has financial instability concern. <laughs> where, the, where they're like, even the monk who's supposed to be like the good guy in this conversation is just like, oh no, you don't understand. That guy's got such a horrible wife that he
0: can't wait to die. Isn't that great? Uh, the, uh, Look,
1: fuck everybody.
0: The place they go to. Has random soldiers that I don't know where they came from or what they're doing, but man, are they angry at anything that they see.
1: Yeah, they are. They are set to kill anything they come across and they just come charging out of the wilderness immediately. But uh, are, the monk senses them before they are sensible and hides in the bushes. But again, because he makes a point of not telling uh Cooper, or Cord, anything, uh, Cord... He hides in the bushes and Court's just like, what are you doing? Hiding? Why? And what are you hiding?
0: <laughs> the thing is, if you're Cord and the guy you're following, who you know to be way more of a badass than yours, like, oh, I'm hiding. You'd be like, well, fuck, I should hide too. Instead of being like, ha ha, why hide? I will stand out in the open. Clearly nothing will happen.
1: Yeah. And I kept expecting the monk to be like, you should also hide because if you get discovered, so will I. And then I will have to fight. But instead he's just like, I'm going to hide because it's sensible. And Cord's like, ah, it is not sensible. It is stupid for you to hide. Ha ha ha! Oh, soldiers.
0: No shit. Not that it
1: matters. They're just gonna clown on the soldiers because they're martial artists. And this is a weird mix of dudes in any kind of cheap Hollywood armor they can afford.
0: Yeah, I get that they were trying to be like, oh. You know, we're not really trying to make anyone be from any one specific place. So they kind of have just a mishmash of different armor styles from different areas and eras. Well,
1: it's just like a bunch of Vikings and Mongols and Romans. That's just that. It's just a group of that. So I don't but even like know if supposed all to be a military mixed or, together.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't know the how they're pieces. supposed to be a
1: military outfit.
0: <laughs> uh, but we get a whole thing where they're running around and basically, you know. Scooby-Doo slapstick beating up bad guys. And one, one of them- One good line in
1: there. Which one of just them uh, jumps
0: over a well and knocks some bricks over. So they will spend part of the time of this. Carradine will be like, oh, I need to start building up this well again.
1: And you see why. There's a point where at, right after he, the uh, horse kicks the wall down, you can see coins glinting in the wall. So they like kicked open the wall and revealed a hidden treasure trove. But again, my favorite part of this is right after the horsemen show up, Carradine just takes off running and cords running along with him. Like, wait, why are you running? They're just soldiers. Who cares? And he's like, it's hard to kill a horse with a flute. Yeah. It's a good joke. It's a good line. Uh, but apparently it isn't because this movie features horsemen forcing their horses to dead ass run headfirst into each other.
0: Yeah. This is
1: not a movie where I'm pretty sure this is a movie where the ASPCA was not, cl- not pleased.
0: <laughs> I do not think they got the no animals were harmed thing at the end of this.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But, uh, uh, but
1: yeah, they just evade him for a while,
0: yeah, they run around, and again, they you know, have to stop and rebuild the well, and cord will not shut up about like, well, why are we doing this? Why don't you repair the r- chimney, and their roof needs mending too, man, and I just cannot stand this guy.
1: Shut the fuck up, cord, uh, this will have been the third title of this movie,
0: and then, you know, they manage to evade some soldiers, and then they find a little fishing village where a little pampered boy comes up to them and is like, eh, and puts his hand out and carotene slaps the shit out of him.
1: Yeah. It's a very funny moment. They come to this little tiny fishing town. Uh, you can see a bunch of little kids run up and they're like, please, sir, coins, coins for us, sir. Have you coins? And there's one boy who's like being fed something by his parents. And he's like, eh, I don't care for the taste of it, but he just even, he just kind of goes, "Meh," like looks away from the food a little bit. And then he walks up and just snaps his fingers at them. And yeah, like John said, immediately, Carradine's just like, whap! And just like, bloodies this kid up bad.
0: Oh yeah, just breaks this kid's nose. And that is the point where Cord has lost it. And he's like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. You and me, we're done professionally. But I have to know, why did you do all this shit? And it's like, oh, well, I broke the boat. Because if I didn't, the soldiers would take the boat and kill the boatman and his wife. So I saved them.
1: No, well you didn't save that wasn't didn't we just have a conversation like I'm going to play devil's advocate here. This is me being reasonable Cord, you ready? Here we go. Uh didn't the boatman pray for death? Uh, why did you deny him his his uh, most cherished want?
0: I mean, he did actually even say. I mean, much as the boatman might actually enjoy that.
1: <laughs> okay, and then Cord's like, "But how did you know? Did you did you hear the soldiers coming?" No. no. Oh, okay. and why,
0: why did we stop to fix that? Well, it seemed like you were just waiting for assassins to get you. Oh, because there was money there. And if we didn't fix it, the soldiers would have found it and left that poor woman and her children penniless.
1: Okay, right. I'm going to do f- actual chord question. Could you smell the money?
0: No. I mean, okay. I could probably hear it, though. I don't know why you went to smell on well, this one.
1: Because <laughs> we did hear on the first one and it's got to be a parable. Yeah. That's how fucking parables work. Anyway, reasonable court question. Why didn't you just take the bag of coins? Because we were going to go run away and hide. Then you could have brought it back to the people in the house afterwards instead of staying out in the open and fixing a stone wall.
0: Ah, because, you know, maybe we die. So I have to make sure that it's it's there for them, even past my own life.
1: Oh, okay. Very yeah, reasonable. Fuck Please you. continue. <laughs> <laughs> And we can you... go back and forth, but we've only got 10 minutes left in the episode, so yeah. I don't have time for it.
0: Why'd you punch that kid? Because he was too goddamn pretty, and I wanted to destroy something beautiful. <laughs> All yeah. right, Fight Club, like, sure. Th-
1: that kid was going to grow up to be a tyrant, and I stopped him. His parents were slaves to his beauty, and I have denied him his beauty, and I have freed his parents from slavery.
0: Yeah, I have freed both him and his parents. Now- He'll no longer have to worry about his beauty, and neither will anyone else. And you're like, all right, I and guess. And again,
1: because it's a parable, he has to be like, did you sense the child's beauty in any way?
0: Yeah, you can't see him, so how did you know he was beautiful?
1: And this is when we get the big reveal as to how he knew all these secrets. He'd been here already.
0: Yeah, he's like, oh, I've already been here. Like okay, so when you were here
1: last time, what did the soldiers try to get the boat and kill the guy? What What are you talking about? You've been here.
0: Well, no, because last time the boatman dropped me off and then left and took his boat back, but we stole the boat, so I had to break it. Obviously.
1: Look, uh, here's the deal. Every day those horsemen come running out, hooting and hollering, waving weapons around. They get to the bank of that river, and they're like, "Oh man, the boat's on the other side. We've been foiled again." And then I guess they just ride back. I guess. Also, last time I came through, some lady was like, hey, mister, I keep my coins hidden in that wall.
0: Yeah, and also the last time I came through, some fishermen were like, that kid's real pretty and kind of a douche.
1: Too pretty. A little too pretty. And again, reasonable court question, why the fuck is it any of your business if that kid grows up to be a tyrant? You're taking an awful lot of responsibility for stopping a future you've decided you can predict.
0: Yeah, but, you know, I'm a mysterious blind monk. Fuck you.
1: Oh, okay, Okay. point taken. Thank you. All my questions have been answered. Now let's split up.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a weird scene before we get back to that Changsha thing we were talking about before, where he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't give a shit, where he faces death, but oh, death right? is just a dream uh, he's having, and death is like a, a panther or some shit.
1: Well, it's just David Carradine in a cat costume.
0: Yeah. David Carradine looks like he jumped out of the cast of Cats and mm-hmm. is like, I'm death.
1: I come for you, Cord." And Cord has to be like, very well, please come for me. I fear no death.
0: Yeah, you'll come for me in your time, but I will not be scared. All right, what was the point of this? I don't know. It was probably just in the notes for the original movie and we decided to do it.
1: Yeah, I th- we couldn't find a way to make it a funny joke at the expense of Hebrew people. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's just in here.
0: Uh. Anyway, after he meets and beats Changsha for the, I mean, meets him for the second time and actually sort of wins the fight.
1: Yeah, he just keeps fighting for And then the fight ends.
0: At that point, Changsha's like, all right, cool. Well, you proved yourself. Anyway, there's the boat to Zitan. You can... You could go on that now, I guess. I was—I ex- don't know if I was expecting the boat to show up or what, but it's here now. That,
1: that boat always shows up. It's going to take you through a tunnel and you're going to see a centipede and a chicken get its head cut off.
0: <laughs>
1: it's going to be very scary.
0: Yeah, that's, I, I don't know. That's a trial too or something. Anyway. <laughs>
1: it's definitely a trial. <laughs> it's a trial. And then right after that, you're going to be tempted to, fit, to taste the everlasting gobstopper. You <laughs> must resist the temptations.
0: I'm Cord. Fuck you. I won't.
1: <laughs> I shall eat all of your everlasting gobstoppers, Wonka man. A uh, gum that tastes like an entire dinner—truly a feast fit for Cord.
0: Uh, so Cord makes it to Zetan, and hey, it's Christopher Lee. That's fun. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's Christopher Lee, and in—I appreciate the way the movie treats this because he gets all the way out there. Christopher Lee lives on an island of monks and all the monks have hats and all of them are very peaceful and friendly. And we get a quick shot of him, of a court arriving on the island and gleefully accepting new clothes. So he's also wearing monk robes. Yeah. And then they're like, he's standing there and they're like, so what do you want here? And he's like, I've come for Z-Tan. Oh, well he's right there. That's just <laughs> yeah, one of they're, the monks. They're Z-Tan. He's just one of those monks. And he goes over there and Z-Tan's like, ah, welcome. and, and you know, he's just like, ah i shall fight you and zetan's like what the fuck is this what are you doing why are you oh yeah why are you throwing hands
0: because you know he reaches out to be like here sniff this rose this island has great perfume for the rose and he's just like wah kung fu <laughs> Z-tan's Z-tan's like, like
1: what? Huh? what the fuck are what? you doing i'm confused right now what are we uh you got to assume that most of the guys who make their way to zetan are like this though right
0: No, I do not assume anyone who makes it to this island is like Kord. (laughs) I assume everyone else who made it here learned some fucking lessons along the way.
1: I mean, to be fair, the basic lessons that he realized was, I have to fight this monkey, I have to watch this lady die, and then I have to fight this sultan, and then I get to go see Kord, or Zetan. Yeah, so he he did get forced to fight over and over again. So when he finally meets meets Zitan, I think it's a you know not an unreasonable assumption he's making that he's probably going to have to get another fight.
0: Yeah, and I mean, he does a couple things where Zitan very harmlessly tries to be friendly and then he just, you know, throws up a kung fu stance. And eventually yeah. they sit down and he's like, "Oh, you know, why don't you have some tea? Just hang out and chill." And he's like, "Oh, why don't we get to the point where you and I throw hands? And Christopher Lee's just like, oh, very well. Follow me. <laughs> and even
1: He's still not going to fight because he's just like, I want to fight you for the book. And he's like, OK, well, why don't we go on up to the terrace and we'll start the ritual? What ritual? The ritual that makes you owner of the book.
0: Yeah, you will be the protector of the book now instead of me. OK, great. And cord? I guess his last temptation is to spend his life in harmony and cuz Z-Tan's like you can become the like new guardian of the book just like me cuz I like you came here thinking I was you know going to be a super badass and get all the knowledge of the world and then I just decided to be the guardian of the book you could mm-hmm. do that and live he here and says- everything's peaceful and everything's calm and you could just mm-hmm. hang out
1: notably he says that he has personally never seen in the book
0: yeah and he he resisted the temptation that's the thing he's like oh most people you know come up here and they want to see the book but you know if you're going to be the the new keeper of it then you know resist the temptation to look in the book it holds nothing for you
1: right and cord's like well that sounds like an important zen lesson but i must look in the book
0: but i want to so fuck you
1: And I won't suffer any consequences if I do, or it'll be your ass.
0: And he opens up the book, and it's mirrors. There's a couple pages with mirrors, and it's, ah, what's in the book? It's you. You're all the knowledge in the world. Hold on. I've been told there's a
1: monster at the end of this book.
0: Ah, it is I, for I am the monster at the end of this book.
1: I shall brick up the pages to stop myself from seeing the scary monster. Uh, please excuse uh, <laughs> Yeah, And then basically what we learn more or less is that being Zetan kind of sucks because Zetan's like, ah, finally, you shall take the book and I will not be the man with the book. And then you will live here in harmony and I can fuck off, I guess.
0: Yeah. He's like, oh, please take. Take my place. Take my wife, please. Eh.
1: Oh, I've learned lessons about taking wives (laughs) and I've never learned a lesson in my life. I've known men who learned lessons and they were all cowards.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's so weird that he's just like, hey, please, please be the guardian of this book. And Cord just laughs and walks away and Mm -hmm. then finds David Carradine as the blind monk and is like, hey, man. Uh, it turns out that your flute, only I can hear it. And also, I guess now I get to play the flute. And instead of being the new guardian of the book, I get to be the new enigmatic monk. I don't know.
1: Maybe something. Anyway, why don't you do a silly dance while I play your giant flute perfectly on my first try?
0: (laughs) End of story. Um, No lesson.
1: (laughs) I'm sure there's lots of lessons, but obviously Cord never learned any of them.
0: No, the fact that Cord gets to just bumble his dumb ass through this entire movie, suffer no consequences, and learn nothing. Essentially, the end lesson that he learns is, ah, I'm awesome and everything's cool about me. Good. You're like, that's I not a, Don't learn that lesson.
1: There's a minor moment that we overlooked earlier in the film that I thought was super important and we might as well bring up before we wrap up, which is uh, when... Cord is following around behind the monk who has recently told him you can come with me if you be quiet and he just keeps rattling on and on about whatever and finally the monk's like you know just not talking and cord says it's like talking to a wall and and uh Carradine says you know Buddha sat down in front of a wall and when he finally stood up he was enlightened dare you compare yourself to the mighty buddha no and you know
0: i compare myself to the wall
1: yeah and that's a clever line but it's funny for me to me that the cord has reverence for the Buddha. He has, there's no particular reason why he ought to. He He's uh, notably not religious in any way, has not come from any culture, has never learned at any
0: kind of school.
1: Why is he like, how dare you compare yourself to Buddha? And I'm like, the I, fuck do you care?
0: I mean, I assume it's less, I'm offended by this and more like, ah, I'm going to catch you in a thing.
1: Yeah. He's just, it's just another chance for him to be an asshole. Pretty much. Uh, that makes more sense, I guess.
0: So, yeah, that's I, that's I also thought it was notable
1: because it's the only time we get mention of a thing from, you know, Earth. Otherwise, yeah. it's like, it could be any time, any place. It's It always has been and always will be. Also, Buddhism is a thing.
0: Yes, by name.
1: So, I just thought that was kind of an interesting moment. But yeah, that's the end.
0: Yep. So, uh, let's go ahead and do our best and worst for the movie. Jeff, what was your favorite thing that happened in Circle of Iron?
1: Uh I don't know. Probably the man in... no, that that scene sucked. Uh, hang on, wait. All my favorite scenes sucked. That's a problem. Wait for a me. minute. <laughs> uh, the martial arts fights before Cord started fighting. Yeah, is that about right? Just Roddy McDallas, just like Pelele versus Hoobadoo. Thou, you will fight, and then they do, and it's good. And it's good fight. That was great, and I like that. And then Cord said something. Yeah, so that was my favorite part. What about you?
0: Uh, man. Honestly, I kind of want to just say that that was, I mean, almost certainly the best part of the movie was the actual for reals martial artist. But I, oh, yeah. I also just have a very soft spot for Christopher Lee showing up in weird monk robes and being like, hey, smell this flower. Hey, hey, don't be mean.
1: Chill out, dude. <laughs> oh,
0: what are you doing?
1: What is this? Okay, you've been woefully misinformed about Bunk Island.
0: <laughs> Look, welcome to <laughs> Fight Island. I think you'll find it different than you imagine.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a real problem. It's very, But it's still, it's nice to see Christopher Lee, so it is a nice moment.
0: But it's just funny to but me again, he's like, here, smell this flower.
1: Wah! What are you but doing? It, does, it just, again, ends on cord wandering away like just utterly convinced of his ineffable superiority. Oh, yeah. That's why that's like, not
0: my favorite thing. It's yeah, just no. the beginning of Zetan.
1: No, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's just, that's one of my least favorite parts is when Zetan, a peaceful, friendly person, makes him a reasonable offer, and he's like, ha, 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 I will walk away. Ha, 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 He's like, dude, just say no thanks. What the fuck? Why are you such an asshole?
0: Is that going to be your least favorite thing?
1: Uh, I mean, I would probably say my least favorite thing is the part where two guys agree that no one is at fault for the death of a woman that one of them murdered over the other one (laughs) can i say that's my least favorite thing
0: you certainly can
1: and i will because that part where they're just like her death was an important lesson to me thank you for killing her so i could learn that you can kill stuff like we're fucking awful
0: yeah the fact that he's like oh you don't come here in anger no i i too have her death on my hands like not I mean, one, not really, and two... And
1: certainly not in a way where you're going to do anything with that responsibility or guilt.
0: Yeah, you're not actually, like, I don't know, sorry at all. You're just like, ah, I guess I've learned the important lesson not to fuck or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, it's just trash. It's absolute... It, there's no respect paid whatsoever to the character of Tara,
0: the woman who just gets murdered. Yep.
1: That's uh, just some horse shit. <laughs> And there you go.
0: Yes, indeed. You? Uh, I'm going to say, you know, outside of that, one of my least favorite things in this is the <laughs> David Carradine giving the lesson on the monkey, and then he goes to fight the monkey man, and it does not matter at all. Yeah. That was the kind <laughs> of thing where I was like, oh, okay, I can see the setup for this, this movie now. You know, Carradine shows up as a monk, something happens, he gives a life lesson. And then that lesson becomes a thing he needs to know for whatever trial. All right. I understand that. And then no, it doesn't. And it's not actually that. And he never learns anything and nothing matters.
1: No. The only thing that was redeemable about that whole sequence is that the flute guy gave us a big lesson on the monkey, thus inspiring the traveling Wilbury song, tweeter and the monkey man. (laughs) Good. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Deep pulls. Indeed.
0: So let's go ahead and rate the movie. We're each going to give this movie a rating from zero to five to give us a total out of 10. Jeff.
1: One and a half, I guess. The martial arts sequences are worth watching, but ultimately, who the fuck is this for? Yeah. If Bruce Lee had been alive to make this, then this would have been probably a lot better than it is. It's self-indulgent. It doesn't seem to follow the lessons that I think Bruce Lee would have wanted it to. It's just bad. The music sucks. Everything sucks. One and a half. Great. You?
0: Uh... I mean, I think I'm going to go with a one and a half as well. Honestly, it just Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I said it at the beginning. I don't know who this is for. If you're a Kung Fu fan, you're not going to enjoy this because it's just, we're going to spotlight the dude who can't do this. And then Mm -hmm. 90% of the movie is just an insufferable asshole laughing about how cool he is.
1: Oh, it's the worst. And th- that's exactly what it is. It's just this guy wandering around being like, I'm great. And you know, I kind of, if you wanted to tell like a Journey to the West type of story where, I mean, ultimately, Journey to the West is not an easy story to explain to a Western audience because Son Wukong is a fucking asshole and never stops being one all the way through the entire story. But they're just like, well, he's supposed to be. He's fucking monkey, man. He sucks. He's piece of shit. But he's the hero <laughs> of the story. Fucking deal with it. That's what this is like.
0: Uh, it's just... It's difficult. It's honestly like you can watch this and it's it's not like you're going to be like, oh, I I'm so bored. But you'll just be like, I don't know why I'm watching this. Mm-hmm.
1: That's pretty much exactly where it's at.
0: So boy, oh, three boy. out of ten I, I hope overall.
1: We're not, I hope we're not going to find out that this is like a super important text to some people and that we're being like crazy offensive.
0: Yeah, fuck them. I don't care. Fuck everyone. <laughs> this is my show and i'll shit all over a movie if i want to
1: yeah i just i feel like it could have been done in a better way that's yeah all right Uh,
0: that is for sure true yeah so thank you everyone for joining us for our review of Circle of Iron. We will, of course, be back in another couple of weeks with more movie mastery. But if you want, you can join us over on patreon.com slash systemmastery. If you want to support us, it helps us keep the show going. We get to do what we do and mm-hmm. keeps the lights on and keeps food in our mouth. But as well if you want to go on to the $5 level you unlock our TV mastery we are going through the littlest hobo right now in season 2 and it is absolutely bonkers and weird and just lovely in so many very fun strange ways yeah and we've got a special guest for this episode, we've had two special guests so far, and we'll have more. It's just a cavalcade of fun times. It turns
1: out no one wants to watch season one of Smallville, but everyone wants to watch Littlest Hobo.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, Littlest Hobo is only like a 20-minute, 15-minute commitment rather than like an hour. And also, true. it's got a dog.
1: I feel like a lot of the first, seasons, no, wait, first season of Smallville had almost no dogs. Never yeah. mind.
0: Almost zero dogs. It wasn't until like... Season three that he managed to get crypto.
1: That's right, God. Okay. I remember that. Now I'm remembering that there's just no dog that season, and I'm disappointed even more.
0: Indeed. But you can join us on Patreon. Follow along with us while we're doing that. And of course, it unlocks a ton of other bonus content for you for all of our other shows. And Patreon.com slash systemmastery is also where, if you want to, you listen to all the stuff we do you can get everything on one rss feed it's very convenient so go ahead check us out there we will be back in two weeks with more movie mastery and until then you have a good one